Save the Manatee Club is a nonprofit, membership-based organization established in 1981 by Jimmy Buffett and former U.S. Senator and Florida Governor Bob Graham. Our mission is to protect manatees and their aquatic habitat for future generations. Human activities are the largest threat to manatees, and only our compassion and action can protect them. With increased awareness, education, regulation, and enforcement, human-related manatee deaths can be substantially reduced or eliminated. We strive to protect habitat, reduce harassment, 
decrease injury and deaths that are caused by human activity, and ensure that there are sufficient regulations to sustain manatees long into the future. Save the Manatee Club concentrates efforts on increasing public awareness and education sponsoring research, rescue, rehabilitation, and release efforts, advocating for strong protection measures such as speed zones and sanctuaries, and taking legal action to protect manatees when appropriate. While most of our efforts are focused on the United States, we also assist scientists and educators in the wider Caribbean, South America, and West Africa with their conservation efforts. To help support Save the Manatee Club, you can join our Adopt a Manatee program and become a member. These symbolic adoptions of real living manatees with known histories allow you to learn more about a manatee while helping to provide vital funding for the club's many conservation efforts. To learn more or adopt a real living manatee, you can visit www.savethemanatee.org or call 1-800-432-5646. You can also watch manatees in their natural habitat at Blue Spring on the club's webcams at manatv.org. Didn't forget to unmute. What'd you guys think of the manatee waltz? Anyone? Learning? The production value of this podcast is going through the roof. Volume so low. Yo. Better? Better? Still low? Better? Better? Michigan dude, Dionysus, and Leonard with the subs. Thank you so much. You guys appreciate it. Um, and Raz, thank you for the seven months. Leonard, you've been here for eight months. That's crazy. Um, hi. Hello. We're back at the podcast here. It's been a minute since we've had a podcast here, hasn't it? Hi, Mitchell. Like, a long time. It's my third, pos- third th- first podcast back. And for some reason, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, Rowdy, thank you for the sub. Appreciate that. Seven months, dude. Okay. Has it really been over two months? Has it really? Wow. That's crazy. Raven Care would be eight months. Thank you. Okay, so you guys already know what's going on. Save the manatees today. I'm so bad at that. Save the manatees today. What is that? What is that? Sarah Lancelot, thank you so much. Manatees, yay, we got a dollar. Thank you so What is going on? It's new? 
I can't have this go on for four and a half minutes. What is this? I didn't ask for this. Pod. Text. Thank you. So what does that do? Level one complete. What is going on? Twitch, hello? Can it not do this? Okay, whatever. I'm just gonna try to somehow ignore the chat. Hope that our wonderful guests are not... Thank you. Text for the five gifted subs. Hope that our guests are not Discord. Wait, why? What about Discord? You want me to call you? You can disable it on your dashboard. Okay. Um, we're just going to push through the intro and I will disable it uh, after, I guess. $10 and 100 bits. Thank you for the thank you for the bits. Today, okay. I'm going I'm I'm going to try to ignore how crazy the chat is right now. Um and I'll just do the intro uh as as we normally do it. Hi, $3 for the manatees. Keep doing what you do. Thank you so much, Blue. I appreciate that. So, $14 straight to save the manatees today as in their their account is attached to my Twitch account. So, it doesn't go through me today. It is going straight to save the manatees. Revised. Thank you for the Twitch Prime. Um, today we're, we're talking to Cora Bircham, who is the research and multimedia specialist for Save the Manatees. Um, she's representing Save the Manatee today. They're a really, really, really cool organization. They have some live cams too, which we'll get to check out today, I think. Um, and then they do, thank you, text for gifting the sub. Um, they support rescue, rehab, research, education efforts, and they even do some legal stuff to protect manatees, as you guys saw in, in the video earlier. Um, so we'll get to talk about that with Cora today. A lot of you probably know manatees um, are vulnerable, their, their populations are decreasing. A lot of that is because um, of human conflict. And Dan with $20, thank you so much, we're at $34 already, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, a, a lot of the reason that manatee populations are dwindling is because of human conflict, so we're going to have Cora tell us about some of that today. She shared a lot of pictures um, with me, so it'll be one of those podcasts where I'm panicking to put the picture up and, and whatever, so that'll be fun. Uh, $5, thank you so much. Your first time here, welcome, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, we're, we're saving manatees today. Um, saving manatees, can't with $50. What a start. All right. Holy cow. Um, nice, dude. Nice. Omelette with 765. Thank you so much. Um, scroll down to community support. Community support and recognition. 
hype train. It's it's almost over. I feel like they'd be upset if I disabled it now, right? It's like I'll just do it after this. Isn't it? Are you guys getting something out of this? Text for gifting two more subs and Batmo with $13.96. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay, so I'll leave it because we only have like another 40 seconds. Um, it's not over. Okay, yeah, yeah. But after after the 40 seconds is up or 30 seconds at this point. Oh. But can't with five gifted subs. Thank you so much. Wow, we're all over the place today, you guys. Wow. Wait. Okay, we're done. Okay. So. Stand still. Stand still. Stand still? With $500? What the heck, dude? We haven't even called Corey yet. What the heck? Hearts in chat for standstill 10. What on earth, dude? Thank you so much. And shut up Leonard with 939. Thank you so much. Ratchet with the sub and EJ with the sub. You guys are insane. Okay. Insane start to today. Let me change the goal already. Um, I guess. Okay, 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 okay. <clears throat> so. Today, I know you guys like having pictures. Um, so. We have pictures. Today. I'll be scrambling to show them, but I will make it work. Thank you. So Standstill. Actually insane. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you. Like, crazy crazy um i think we're about ready to go right you guys feel ready smooth thank you train with the three dollars thank you ready all right why is this still happening I'm no standstill, but here's something. Thank you so much, Troy. I appreciate you, dude. Crazy. Crazy. Um, I know you guys missed the royalty free. Let me do that for a second. Hype train thing finishes when we get, but I disabled it. I'm just going to ignore it. Um, I know you missed the royalty free. Here it comes. Listen to this for a second, and I'll call Cora, and then we'll start the podcast with $628 in donations already. Thank you so much.
Hi. Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I have to change your nameplate on here. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, but, hi, we just had a crazy intro. Um, Standstill donated $500. <laughs> oh, my so God. We're, we're off to a wow. very, very strong start. Um, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so happy to be on the podcast. And thanks to everybody who's already donated. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. We're at, um, awesome. we're at $628 in donations wow. which is unreal um one of the strongest starts That's we've crazy. had rakant just tipped 172 dollars so now we're at 800 dollars. <laughs> wow in donations. That's amazing. yeah that's unreal so speaking of an atom of five dollars thank you speaking of the donations um while they're donating i haven't even really had a chance to tell them where exactly that money is going so could you tell us a little bit about um about save the manatee and what you guys do yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I work with Save the Manatee Club. We're a nonprofit organization. We're based here in Florida um, and our work is primarily in Florida. So we do um, a lot of education and outreach to um, educate the public and voters about manatees. So that's where some of the money goes. Um, a lot of the money also goes to manatee rescue, rehabilitation, research and release efforts. So together with other organizations, we are um, part of the Manatee Rescue and Rehabilitation Partnership. So that's where some of the money goes as well. And then we also support some international projects. So we do have some partner facilities um, in Belize, in South America, in West Africa. So other countries where manatees are, um, we do have partnerships there as well. So some of the money also goes to those um, international um, manatee efforts. Okay, very cool. Um, I noticed, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I love the manatees that you have set up in the back. It's so cute, guys. This girl loves manatees. Um, yeah, you have a little calf there, too. One's over here. Yeah, this one is a little calf, and uh, that one over here in the corner. That's so cute. Single I, have one. A, I have a picture on screen right now of a, uh, a manatee and a, and a calf. Um, awesome, oh, yeah. Whoops. So what is it that you do um, for Save Manatees? You're the research and, and multimedia specialist, right? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So what does that mm -hmm. mean? So um, I do a lot of the multimedia work for Save the Manatee Club. That's sort of what I was initially um, hired for. So that includes everything from producing um, short educational videos to giving presentations, um, handling their, um, managing their live webcams that we have. Um, as well as managing all of the social media. We have a really large following um, of people on Facebook, Instagram, um, all the social channels. So that's a lot of what I do. Okay. And then in addition to that, um, especially now in the winter time, um, I do a lot of research. So what I primarily do is um, count and identify the manatees at Blue Spring State Park, which mm -hmm. is a um, warm water refuge for manatees yeah. in the winter time. I have this so, live cam. Um, here right now yeah. this is not a manatee oh, cool. <laughs> but this is crazy i think this is, there's a gator um on the live cam right now i'll link you guys this right now um this is the above water at blue springs <clears throat> state park that's crazy wow okay sorry so continue your research um at blue yeah no, yeah that's pretty much what i do at blue spring um so if you're seeing the yeah the webcams which you can actually watch either way on um 
on our website at manatv.org. Um, that's M-A-N-A-T-V.org. Or um, we also have a partnership with explore.org right now, and they are also live streaming our cameras. Um, wow. So, so pretty much what we do every morning in the winter time is go out and count the manatees, identify them, um, and monitor them. We help with um, monitoring sick and injured manatees and help with rescue efforts and releases. Um, so that's a big part of what I do um, during the winter months. Wow, that's so neat. I have the the live cam up right now um, of the underwater one. Okay, yeah, we actually so just had a record count of manatees yesterday. Um, it got pretty cold for a couple of days. Um, well, like Florida cold. <laughs> it was like in the 30s. And um, we had 566 manatees yesterday um, at Blue Spring in one day. That was like an all time record. Wow, that's crazy. Speaking of numbers, yeah. um, I would mentioned that they're, they're listed as vulnerable, correct? Do you primarily work with one type of manatee also? Are they all vulnerable, yeah. listed as vulnerable? Yeah, they're listed as threatened, actually. They used to be listed as endangered um, and were downlisted um, three years ago to um, the less uh, protected category, which is uh, threatened species. So the ones we work with in Florida here are the um, West Indian manatees or Florida manatees. Mm -hmm. And then there's also um, manatees um, down in South America um, they're called Amazonian manatees, so they live like in the freshwater rivers down in the Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then there are West African manatees. So um, <clears throat> as the name says, those live in West Africa. Right. Okay, very cool. Um, Celeron with $25. Thank you so much. Um, that's that's $835 already in donations. That's wow. crazy. Wow, and we just started. <laughs> I know, no kidding. That's awesome, I, I guess. That's $500 donation before I called you. Um, wow, with people the, love with manatees. $5. They do. You guys are really excited about manatees. We do this podcast every week. I have like biologists, psychologists, whatever, come on to talk about their research, um, sometimes organizations, but they were really, really excited um, about manatees in particular. I've only seen That's them. Awesome. I've seen them in person once at a facility in Japan. Um, oh, wow. But they're so enchanting like they're so they just look so sweet and pure and they're they're really really neat um while i have this picture of a calf on here i wanted to pull up this one of uh nursing because mm -hmm. i just recently learned about the way that manatees nurse can you tell us about this because it's so bizarre but so cool yeah it it really is bizarre and i mean i can actually uh, if you want me to illustrate it with this little guy over here sure um so you know <clears throat> well, you may be seeing a picture of a live manatee. There so is, yeah. basically, um, the manatees have their uh, mammary glands behind the flippers, sort of like right here. So uh -huh. if you see a little one traveling with a big one, um, most likely it's um, nursing. So um, that's, that's pretty cool because they don't have to stop to nurse the calf, but they can actually swim along and nurse the calf um, at the same time. And sometimes you'll even see them nursing two calves. Uh -huh. <clears throat> so manatees usually only have one calf at a time. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that they oftentimes um, adopt other calves. So if there's like an orphan calf, um, they may be nursing that too, oh. um, in addition to their own calf. So um, so that's a pretty unique um, thing, I guess. That's, that is really cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So they only have one calf, and I was reading about they take a long time to reach um, reproductive maturity, right? And then they have mm -hmm. one calf. So is that one of the issues that, that they face is is not having a lot of babies, not very fast. 
Yeah, because they're pretty large mammals. Mm -hmm. um, they usually have only, you know, one calf at a time. They sometimes have twins, but that's, it's pretty rare. Um, and usually um, the females usually mature around the age of four or five and the males um, even later around the age of seven to nine. So that's when they start um, having the calves and their um, pregnancy, their gestation period is 13 months. So that's, um, that's, that's long quite time. long, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's over a year. So between them, you know, um, getting pregnant and then having a calf it's a whole year and then they take care of that calf for about one to two years um so it's a pretty um pretty big investment yeah. um so yes they they do reproduce and mature pretty slowly that's why um if you know if a lot of manatees die from whatever cause it may be um they don't like repopulate all that quickly you know mm -hmm. they don't have a whole bunch of calves at the same time so it takes a long time to um, to make up for for any of those those losses, basically. Yeah, and then there's lots to talk about with other threats um, to manatees with with human conflict and stuff like that. Um, I meant to ask you before I forgot. How did you get into working with Save the Manatee? You started with them in 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2014. It's actually today is my six year um, anniversary with them. It was Aww. January 10th, so it just happens to That's be today. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so yeah, the story is kind of um, unique. So I actually have a background in communication and filmmaking. So I, I grew up in Germany, but moved to New York um, a while ago and went to school there and started working in, um, in TV and um, did a bunch of reality shows. And one of the shows I worked on um, brought us down to Miami in 2011. Uh -huh. and I found um, actually this stuffed manatee behind me um, and I had no idea what a manatee even was so, um, so you know they told me I was like this is a manatee I'm like what is it a seal a dolphin a walrus <laughs> I mean I've always been interested in marine biology and you know animals but a manatee never heard of that right. so um, we bought that stuffed animal and I started researching and adopted the manatee through Save the Manatee Club um, and then the following year I made a documentary about manatees and um, that pretty much got me in touch with people from Save the Manatee Club, um, people who worked in rescue and rehabilitation of manatees. And the following year um, Save the Manatee Club asked me if I wanted to come down here for a couple of months to just help them with their live webcams and some videos and just basic like media stuff. And the contracting turned into a whole year of working for them. And then I joined them full time in 2015. That's so, so cool. I would have never thought um, if you had told me eight or nine years ago, I would be working with sea cows in Florida. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah, no not. Kidding. That's crazy that you didn't even know what they were. That's such a cool story. I have no idea. Jeez. No. Um, guys, just a reminder here. You are welcome to at uh, Cytogeny with any questions you have. And he'll put them in a, in a live doc so I can read the questions out if you have anything to ask. It's better than adding me. I'll see it if you add Saito instead. Um, okay, so let's see. Sell around with another $25. Thank you so much. Um, wow. So we're at $870 in donations. Um, That's amazing. It's just crazy. Thank you guys so much. Sell around. You're insane. Um, let's talk about, I think what a lot of people are interested in is um, human human conflict. Uh, with yeah. with manatees and, and the risk that that poses to them. So um, I have a picture pulled up here of looks like people scuba diving and petting mm -hmm. a manatee. Um, so what's the context of this and, and why yeah. is this a problem? 
Yeah, so manatees um, actually have no natural predators, which is pretty unique. Um, so the only real problem that they're facing is um, people, basically. Mm -hmm. So um, the picture you're looking at um, is showing, you know, people swimming with manatees, which in certain parts of Florida, um, that is legal. Um, so people actually go on tours on uh, swim with manatee tours. And although those those tours can be great, I mean, having the experience of being, you know, in the water with a manatee um, seeing it up close, um, that can be a really wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is that a lot of this is happening at the warm water springs during the winter time when manatees um, really come to those springs to, um, to conserve energy, to survive. Mm -hmm. They cannot stay in cold water, so they, they have to migrate to these vital warm water sources and they encounter a ton of people there. And a lot of people think it's sort of a, a, a petting zoo and, you know, mm -hmm. they they jump on the manatees, they try to ride manatees, they're touching them. Um, we've had people, um, unfortunately, separating a mother from a calf to take a selfie with the calf. And obviously, what all of those heck? kind of things, you know, they disturb the resting manatees. So, um, so that's a really big problem because if manatees cannot rest and conserve energy or they're driven out into colder water, um, that can be really dangerous for them or even fatal because they just, their body is not made for being in cold water. So, you know, if you do swim with manatees, um, we just recommend you keep your hands to yourself, um, you know, look at them from a distance. They're super curious animals. Mm -hmm. So there's a really good chance they're actually going to come out right up to you. They, they want to check you out. So if you're going after them, trying to touch them, all you're going to see is probably just a tail swimming away. So, um, so that's basically that. that harassment is a big problem for manatees so we're just trying to educate people about the right way to see them you know when they're out in the water swimming or scuba diving or doing any of those kind of things okay yeah that makes sense um dan tipped 25 dollars. thank you dan panda with five dollars and young with the with the sub thank you um okay let's see i have more human conflict pictures so other issues mm -hmm. that humans cause for manatees i've heard about this oh there it is. Um, boats are a problem. Guys, I apologize. This, it, it, this may be a little bit graphic, um, but it kind of looks like grill marks on, on a manatee is what, is what we're looking at right now. Um, so how does this happen? Why, why are boats such a threat to manatees and not other aquatic mammals? Yeah, boats are really like the number one human threat for manatees. So manatees are really slow moving animals. They usually swim at about three to five miles per hour, so very slowly. Um, they usually live in very uh, dark, turbid water. So if you're boating, um, it's really hard to see them. So oftentimes um, when a speeding boat comes through, the manatee is just too slow to swim out of the way um, in time to, to get away from that boat. So um, most manatees, most living manatees have scars on them from, hit, from boat hits. And that's actually what we use to identify individuals. So at the spring where I work, um, we recognize over 300 manatees just by the different scar patterns that they have on their bodies, oh, basically. Wow. So um, it, it's, it's pretty great for the research, you know, that they have mm -hmm. that, but it's really sad that that's what we have to use, um, you know, to identify them. So mm -hmm. a lot of them, you know, do collide with boats and sometimes it, it just leaves scars and oftentimes it's fatal to them. Yeah. So that's a really that's pretty much the biggest problem. And last year we had an all time record of manatees dying from watercraft. So we're really trying to do more in terms of education 
letting voters know about manatees and how to vote around manatees so that that doesn't happen. So you said they're slow movers. Somebody in the chat asked, um, Space Voyage asked, do you know what speed they can swim at? Or yeah, so um, so when they when they're scared or when they you know want to if if they're spooked by something they can actually swim up to twenty miles per hour, okay. um, but it's in very short um, bursts. So um, if there's a boat coming at you know at them with like 30, 40, 50 miles an hour, they just they have no chance to get out of the way. Right. But they can swim pretty fast for just a really short period of time. Usually they're just sort of moving around and they they usually live in very shallow water so if you're thinking about like dolphins or whales or um, large sharks they usually live in deep water mm -hmm. and the manatees live in very shallow water it's because mm -hmm. they're eating uh, seagrasses so it has to you know it grows in shallow water so that's why there's such huge potential of them colliding with boats um, because they live in like five to 15 feet of water so that's not really like a way out for them yeah um, you know when the boat is coming at them that yeah okay that makes sense um rb also asked if there's a way that i don't think that there's a he asked is there a way that manatees can defend themselves i assume not from boats um or from not really anything. from boats um because they've really grown up without any natural predators um they haven't really developed a sort of defense uh, a sort of um defense mechanism um, they have a very powerful tail, so if they want to get away, you know, they the tail is what what makes them move away, so they can swim away from it. But they don't have anything like sharp teeth or any sort of anything that they can use to defend themselves from anything, basically. Right. Okay. So, other pictures that I uh, that I selected that you sent me. Um, one. Oh, we talked about this before. You said they have no natural predators. I just thought this picture was so cool. There's a picture of a manatee and, a, and an alligator just, oh, yeah. like, hanging out together. That is so weird to me. I've never seen a picture like that before, and I never really thought about them sharing a, an environment like that. Um, we saw it in the live cam, guys. There's – oh, now it's gone. Oh, no, it's there. Wait. It's swimming away, though. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, okay, sorry. I just had to share that one. But uh, – so it's really fun that they like coexist with alligators, which yeah. you know people are always really surprised when they see manatees and alligators together because they think you know alligators they go after everything. But we've seen manatees and alligators coexist peacefully, and there's Just never been out. any issues. That's so cool. Um, okay, so other on a less happy, cool note, um, other human conflict things. I saved an image of a manatee that's like. It has a whole tire around it. Um, this took me a while to figure out what was going on in the picture. Yeah. Is that, is it like a, what kind of tire is that? Pancake just so, tipped a hundred dollars. Oh my God. What the heck? Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> wow. much, you guys. Today is insane. My goodness. Um, that is crazy. Okay, so a thousand and twenty dollars. Guys, 1K, wow. thank you. Um, this picture of a manatee somehow complete, I mean, there's a tire like around its girth. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, that's a really weird case. Um, so that manatee is actually entangled in a bicycle tire, uh, believe it or not. Um, you know, as funny as it sounds, it's actually really bad for the manatee because it must, have, we don't know how this happened, but the manatee must have swum into the tire when it was, um, you know, like a calf or a juvenile. 
and then it sort of grew into the tire and obviously a tire doesn't grow with it so um, that's actually an animal we're currently trying to rescue um, and to get the tire off of it um, it's already really embedded in its skin so um, we can't just like cut it off and remove it we actually have to bring it in for rehabilitation so um, that's sort of an extreme case of what can happen when they um, entangle in you know human uh, debris basically I mean we have a lot of manatees that entangle in fishing line or um, crab traps um, you know those kind of things that wrap around their their flippers and then they they can potentially even lose a flipper um, because of those entanglements and then that manatee you're looking at right now um, is entangled in this bike tire which is just it, it's it's really ridiculous <laughs> so yeah. we're hoping to you know we're, we're, we just we're still trying to get that and capture it and trying to remove that tire so that's so sad. That's such yeah, a crazy a, case. It really um, is. <laughs> Spoon just donated $80 and Potato donated $5. Thank you. Um, these are usernames, by the way. I know they sound kind of Yeah, funny, wow. But <laughs> thank you, guys. That's awesome. Guys, thank Manager you. Manager with a bicycle tire did it. Yeah, no kidding. Thank you so much, you guys. 1.1K already. Wow. Again, we've like not even been through half the pictures. Um, so... Wow. This is an example of entanglement, um, right? This tire thing, kind of? Yes, yeah, pretty um, much, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a pretty extreme entanglement. Usually most of the entanglements we see is like around the flippers, you know, when they like walk into a fishing line or crab yeah. traps. So I have a picture um, of that up right now. Of, of a, yeah. It looks like maybe fishing line or something around a flipper, but it's really like embedded in there. Yeah, yeah, we have quite a few of those animals. Um, I think the picture I sent you was Manatee. Um, her name is Una. Um, she had both flippers entangled at some point, and she even had lines sort of like connecting her flippers. So oh, no. she was sort of like handcuffed. So we had a researcher at least cut the, the line off in the middle so she could move her flippers again individually. Um, and then we eventually had to rescue her to get all the line um, surgically removed um, from her flippers. So unfortunately, that happens quite a lot. So we, we just always tell people, if you go out fishing, you know, try to recycle your line. Um, try to please not throw it out in the water. I mean, we know, you know, things happen, flies away and whatnot, but um, it, it can be really harmful for animals. And a lot of times they ingest things too. Um, and that's what's really dangerous for manatees if they ingest anything, you know, plastic, fishing hooks, fishing line, all kinds of things. Um, and we usually don't, you know, usually don't detect those kind of things until the animal is in such dire distress that it needs to be rescued. So um, that's why we always encourage people, please <laughs> recycle your trash. Like, right. don't don't leave anything out in the water um, because you would think a big animal like a manatee, you know, it does like a little piece of plastic wouldn't matter, but it actually really does. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. That's a that is a crazy picture. Um, it made me think of this question. Somebody asked, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your name. Um, said, is their skin, does their skin get tougher over time or do they get more layers of fat to, pro fat to protect them? I think as they get older. That's a good question. So, um, the manatee skin is really thick. Um, if you picture an elephant, which is actually the closest living relative of a manatee, um, they have this really thick gray skin. So their skin itself is really, it, it's really tough. Um, so, you know, if they brush up against something, you know, they, they won't cut themselves. But obviously, if there's like a sharp propeller coming through, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's a 
that's a bigger problem. Right. Um, now, um, their fat layer is actually really thin. They only have about an inch of fat, which you wouldn't think. You know, you look at a manatee and you think it's like yeah. this big blubbery, you know, <laughs> right. um, like fat creature. Uh -huh. And they actually have like a super thin layer of fat. And that's why they cannot stay warm um, in the wintertime. So the adults, you know, they're a little bit more robust um, than the calves. So um, I would say like over time, as their body grows, you know, their, their, their fat layer grows too. But even really big adults, um, any water temperature under 68 degrees, they can tolerate because they basically have like no, um, no blubber, you know, they're not like a whale or um, a dolphin or a walrus or something or seal. Um, they just, they're completely different. They have like no insulation to keep mm -hmm. them warm. How much do they weigh? That's a question from, well, my question also from Missing224. How much do yeah, they weigh? That's a good question. They, the average manatee is between 800 and 1200 pounds. Wow, um, so really? That's pretty big. That's but huge. That's huge, but so that's the average weight. Um, now the females get larger than the males because they have the calves. Um, so the largest female um, ever recorded was over 3000 pounds. No so way! that's a really, really big animal. And some of the manatees at Blue Spring, they're easily like 2000 pounds. So that's um that's that's a really large animal you guys my horse is like 1100 pounds and he's like pretty <laughs> so it's about large. i mean two that's, times your horse <laughs> that is absurd i had no idea um sunny with 30 dollars. thank you and david with five thank you so much thank you guys um so let's see other other human conflict pictures i have um well, maybe I don't have other ones. Connor with $25. Thank you so much, you guys. Um, somebody asked, when it comes to rescues and stuff like that, he actually asked how, like, what what do you do to remove that tire slash what are the funds that it takes to do that? I assume that it, that's bad. Um, I assume bad is his name. Um, I assume that it differs for every rescue mission. But can you tell us, like, about the process of your guys' rescue yeah. mission with something like this, uh, this man is you with the tire. Yeah, absolutely. So we work really closely with our partners from Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. So those are FWC. Um, those are the ones who um, determine which manatee needs to get rescued and, you know, which ones are going to be okay on their own. They also provide the um, rescue boats and the nets and the stretchers and all of that. And we support that financially as well as with um, staff and volunteers helping that. Mm -hmm. So what usually happens is that they come out with a rescue boat. Um, it's a boat that's um, open at the back and it has the motor in the front. So what they will do is they're going to set a net around the manatee. Um, it will have float lines on the top and then it has heavy lead lines on the bottom. So you basically like back the manatee in that net and then pull it onto the boat. And then the manatee will go into a transport truck, which is just basically um, like a U-Haul truck, like any sort of like big cube truck. Um, and then the manatee is transported to a, a manatee hospital. So there are several um, hospitals in Florida for manatees. Um, they're specially equipped with um, specialized pools and um, all kinds of equipment um, to rehabilitate those manatees before they go back out into the wild. Uh -huh. um, so that really depends on the case. You know, some manatees, I mean, with the entanglement, um, as bad as it looks, but most likely and hopefully um, it will be a pretty quick turnaround where it will be brought to a facility. Um, they will, you know, cut off the tire, most likely give it some sort of antibiotics because there's some sort of infection underneath, like in the skin. 
um, and then they can release it back out into the wild. So we're hoping that could just be maybe like two or three weeks, I mean, less than a month in yeah. rehabilitation. Um, if it's a manatee with a very severe boat strike, um, it could take years to rehabilitate that animal. So obviously the longer they spend in rehab, um, the more money is involved, you know, to feed them and for the medical procedures that they need to get back out into the wild. Um, and then I guess another case for rescue would be an orphan manatee. So some manatees are found orphaned um, at a very young age um, where they cannot survive um, without the mother. And those manatees have to stay in captivity until they reach a certain um, weight and a certain size, which is usually around 600 pounds. So that can take anywhere between two to three years um, turn around to get that manatee back out into the wild. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a, yeah, I have a photo of a rescue mission up here. There's either one or two in a net and then like a group of people around it with a boat. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's usually a process for such a big it animal. Really, it really is. And, you know, I mean, since we just talked about how big they are and how heavy they are, it's not that easy. I mean, people just think, you know, they're slow moving creatures and we just go there and pick it up and bring it in. And unfortunately, you know, they swim around and they, you know, they, they leave an area before a rescue crew can get there. So it's, it can be pretty tough to actually get them rescued. Um, but with those nets and with really experienced people from all kinds of different organizations, including us, um, we usually, we try to get, get those manatees rescued. Right. That's awesome. Um, Dysliptic tip ten dollars, Tavian with fifteen, Sawyer with ten, and Cherry with a hundred dollars. Um, wow. So we're at thirteen hundred dollars, you guys. That is crazy. Is that is crazy? Um, thank you so much. Um, so you were talking about. Sorry, I'm like now I'm a little bit emotional. You were talking about severe boat strikes. Um, I have a picture here of a manatee that's tail is like not. I mean, it's like cut in half essentially mm -hmm. so is this from a boat related incident do you know what picture i'm talking yeah. about yeah 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 that's actually a manatee we nicknamed no tail because he literally has like almost no tail left um that is from a boat injury that was actually a manatee who never got rescued um it was doing pretty well on its own and mm -hmm. um they they're really resilient animals i mean if you look at some of the injuries you really ask yourself how, how do they survive yeah. those kind of things you know I mean, you know, we complain sometimes when we cut ourselves on like a little piece of paper or something and they just survive these ridiculous injuries. Um, so there are manatees who have, you know, large parts of their tails missing or flipper missing and they, they're doing okay. They, they still, um, they still survive. What, what's really um, the major problem for them is if they get hit anywhere on their backs and um, they have very long lungs. Um, they extend all the way from basically from the shoulder area down towards the tail and their ribs are right over um, the lungs. So as you can imagine, if they get struck by a boat anywhere on the back, um, they can potentially break a rib and then puncture a lung. So that's mm -hmm. when it gets really dangerous for them because they may, um, they, the, the lung cavity may fill with air and then they're floating sort of on the top of the water and they're unable to dive down to feed or um, to get out of the way from boats. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those injuries are really the most severe is any, any sort of lung injury. You know, if their tails get injured, that's a problem too, but usually um, they heal pretty well and they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah. Is, um, is, are back injuries with boats? I'd imagine, like, are those the most common for a boat going yeah. to like strike them in the back? Mostly. 
Jeez. Yeah, we see most of their scars sort of on their backs or on their tails. Um, their tails do get hit a lot too, mm -hmm. but um, usually it's the back because, you know, they're swimming with the back sort of like on top of the water. Oftentimes they come up for a breath of air um, since they're mammals, you know, they have to surface. Um, and then they usually get, they may get hit anywhere on the back. And since their lungs are so long, um, extending basically through their entire backs, there's just a lot of potential for them to um, unfortunately to get hit. Mm -hmm. I was just showing the uh, the above water live cam from Blue Springs State Park. Um, yeah, you can see how they, I mean, they really just hang out, like, <laughs> like yeah. exactly where you, uh, you would be worried yeah. about them hanging out. <laughs> yeah, like Blue Spring is just like a really unique place because it's a warm water sanctuary for them in the winter time. So there's like hundreds of them that migrate to that warm water. And um, since um, people are not allowed in the water unless, you know, with very specific research permits, um, you know, there's no swimming or kayaking or anything like that during the winter time. So it's, it's literally just for the manatees and people can, you know, come to the park and see them from the boardwalk. I mean, you basically mm -hmm. get the same view you get from the cameras. Um, so it's a really cool place to see them, um, just them being manatees, you know, they just yeah. swim around, rest, um, you know, the calves are playing, <laughs> may encounter an alligator or whatnot, but yeah, it's, it's a really cool place for them. It's, it's crazy how many of them you can see scars on that I, I can't mm -hmm. imagine are from anything except for boats. Um, Mostly, yeah. I mean, there's some that have some sort of like uh, freshwater fungus scars, um, but those are pretty rare and they're not really harmful to them. Um, but yeah, most individuals, unfortunately, do have some recognizable marks from the boat strikes. Here's, here's the underwater cam, you guys. Um, wow, that's crazy. Um, I didn't realize they were so big. I'm still thinking about them being 3,000 pounds. Like yeah, even the calves, like when the calves are born, they already weigh around between 60 and 70 pounds and they are between like three to four feet long. So, you know, big next to the big mother, they look tiny, but they're already a pretty big animal yeah. um, when they're born. No kidding. So what do they do to, oh my gosh, okay. Uh, dub with, with the, the, oh my gosh. Dub with the sub, Oscar with $25 and Danny with $17. Um, thank you. Danny said, manatees continuously yeah. replace their teeth throughout their lives. I did not mm -hmm. know that. That's really cool. Yeah, they actually um, do that. We call that marching molars. Um, so, you know, manatees don't have any sharp teeth, um, but they have molars and they're all the way um, in the back of their jaw. So um, since they're eating a lot of vegetation, um, the front teeth will wear down and fall out. And then um, the teeth in the back will grow back and march forward. So they're, they're continuously replacing their teeth, which is a pretty cool thing yeah so i have a picture here of uh of a manatee eating um it's yeah. mostly what is it mostly that they eat i know it's vegetation I know they're, mm -hmm. they're yeah so they basically eat anything from sea grasses to like freshwater grasses or anything like submerged you know that they can feed off of um on the bottom um they're also eating floating vegetation and a lot of invasive plants like water lettuce uh mm -hmm. water hyacinth um those kind of things um, I think the picture I sent you um, just showed like a tree that had fallen into the water and they were eating the leaf off of those trees. So um, basically anything green they can find yeah. in the water. They really are crazy. like sea cows. They're like grazers. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's why they're called sea cows sometimes too, because they really graze just like a cow. Mm -hmm. They are not related to the cow at all, but um, <laughs> just, you know, 
the way they're feeding um, on the grasses. That's um, just like the cow feeds on the on the lawn. Yeah, cool. Spoon just tipped fifty two dollars. Thank you so much. So um, we're, we're at fourteen hundred dollars in donations. Um, that's crazy. Thank you guys. Actually, insane. Um, so speaking of them not being related to cows, uh, <laughs> Protech <laughs> asked um, if dugongs are related to manatees. Yes, um, yeah, so dugongs and manatees are both in the same family. It's called um, Cyrenians. Um, so the dugong is um, a cousin species of the manatee, and the dugong will live um, in the Pacific, uh, like Indo-Pacific. It will live around Australia, um, South Africa, and, um, you know, around there. Um, it looks very similar to the manatee, but the manatee has sort of a beaver-shaped um, paddle tail, and the dugong's tail looks more like that of a dolphin. It's sort of like a, uh -huh. um, it has like a, yeah, I'm showing him pictures. Can't think of the word, right but now. like a different, um, different tail. And the dugong is, um, it feeds primarily on the bottom, whereas the manatees can feed both on the bottom and the surface of the water. So the dugong's snout is turned downwards a little bit more, and the dugong sometimes grow tusks, um, which the manatees don't. Oh, wow. So, um, but they're very closely related. Yeah. They're, they're so look pretty cute. similar too. Mm -hmm. They're so cute. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so we have let's. There's a whole list of questions that I have yet to get to. Um, let's. Da -da -da -da. Let's just move on. I have another. I have another photo um, that I wanted to ask about before we move off of the boat topic. Um, these tags. Mm -hmm. Is this intended to help with tracking is it so is it for boaters i mean what are what are these for yeah so those are for tracking manatees so okay. um certain manatees are outfitted what uh, with um satellite tracking the way they work is there's a belt that goes around the manatee's tail sort of where the tail meets the body and then attached to that belt is a three to four foot long tether and then on top of the tether is the satellite tag so that's yeah. a um sort of like a white looking canister uh -huh. Um, so, um, manatees are outfitted with those tags either for certain research studies, if they want to study, um, migration routes or how manatees use certain areas for like feeding or breeding or migration, those kind of things. Um, as well as manatees, like I said earlier, some are rescued as really tiny orphans. Um, so when they're released back out into the wild, um, they literally have like no experience at all being a wild manatee. So what they do they outfit them with those satellite tracking devices and then they can monitor to make sure they go to feeding grounds and they come back to warm water sites and you know socialize with other manatees um so that's what the tracking devices are um mainly for and um all the devices have weak links in them so if the manatee gets like caught on something it will just break off so the manatee just has to sort of pull and the whole thing will come off so oh, okay. it's not you know, the manatee is not getting like entangled or will drown. And the, the thing goes down with them when they're diving. Um, so it doesn't inhibit them from any of their natural behavior um, if they wear a tracking device like that. Okay, got it. Yeah, I pulled up a picture of the, the tag itself and then one attached to a manatee. That's really cool. I yeah. didn't know that that's how they tag them. Um, yeah, yeah, they've tried like different methods to tag manatees. And I think the most important one um, since manatees live in really shallow water, you know, the thing, whenever it goes to the surface, it will transmit information to a satellite and then it will go back to the researcher's computer so they can see where the manatee is located. Oh, um, so that okay. seems to work pretty well. 
um, you know, they oftentimes do break off and then they have to reattach the tag, but it's just a safety thing to make sure the manatee doesn't, you know, get caught on something Yeah. and, you know, gets injured by that. Okay. Um, Rob tipped $10 and Dan tipped $100. Um, wow. That's $1,500. Guys, thank you so much. Um, that's amazing. So what other pictures do I have here? Mm, um, actually, that might be all the pictures that I saved. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe we can go into some of the, the questions that people have been asking. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. That I haven't gotten the chance to see. Hang on, let me update this. There we go. Okay. Um, so what's a good question here? Um, so Remy, I think we just, LX, we answered your question about the vegetate or about their diets. Remy asked how they track the movement of manatees. So I think we kind of just talked about that. Um, rarely, we talked about the rehabilitation process. Um, psych. Psych, we talked about how much it takes to save, rehabilitate, kind of same question. Um, Dan... Danison asked, if you happen to injure a manatee when boating, what should you do? Or if, if there's anything, is there anything that you can do in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you, you know, if you accidentally injure a manatee while boating, or if you see a sick or injured manatee here in Florida, um, you should call the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. They have a hotline. Um, it's um, 1-888-404-3922. We also have these little um, stickers that have the hotline on it. Um, and there's a lot of information on Florida with signage that tells you that number to call. So what you should be doing is calling them and letting them know um, where the manatee is located, um, what condition it's in, and then they usually send a biologist out there to look at the animal and then you know rescue it um, if it's if it's severely injured. Um, so if you are obeying by you know the speed limits and everything and you just accidentally hit a manatee, there's no fine at all. We really encourage people to report that because. That's the only way a manatee can be helped, you know, if that happens. Mm -hmm. um, you can also report it anonymously. Um, you know, you don't have to give them your name or your con contact information or anything. They just want to make sure the manatee gets rescued. Right. Um, so, um, you know, that's one thing you can do also when you're boating. Just like the three um, sort of top tips to give people is, um, you know, A, go slow. If you see a manatee zone, like a sign, we have a lot of signs um, that indicate it's a manatee slow speed zone, you know, obey by the signs. Um, try to wear polarized sunglasses um, that really cuts the glare so it makes it a lot easier to see uh, manatees in the water and then also look out for what we call a manatee footprint um, so it's a circular pattern on top of the water that the manatee will make when it swims so if you see that or you see like a snout uh, coming up for air um, that's an indication there's a manatee around so you know in those areas if you see that just you know that's an extra sort of oh. hint to, to watch out for them. I've never heard of this footprint thing. That's so interesting. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, say like what, footprint, like manatees don't have any feet, um, but it's just this um, this circular pattern sort of on the top of the water that you see because the manatee makes it when it's tail, when it's swimming. And um, you see those patterns like on the top of on the surface of the water. Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, so with with boating being being an issue and all of those regulations being in place. So like speed limit and, and having that number. Thank you guys for pasting that in the chat. That was, that was nice. Um, Amazing Pie Man asked, uh, 
Do you know the current projected change for the manatee population for this next decade? It, their their populations are currently decreasing. American Eagle um, Foundation, sorry, American Eagle Foundation with ten dollars, Zach with twenty, and Aurora with twenty. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Um, uh, so, so, the, so projected population. The, was the trends in population. So actually, um, so since counting manatees began, the population has actually been increasing, which oh, was good. really, um, you know, that, that that's a really good thing. So when they first started counting manatees in the 1970s, they counted, I think, between like 1,500 and 2,000 animals. Um, now, the past couple of years, we've always reached between five and 6,000 animals, which that's a, that's a really good uh, you know, trend. I mean, the, the numbers are growing. But what we do need to keep in mind is that manatees were actually never put on the endangered list because of the low numbers. Um, they were put on there because of all the different threats that they're facing. And, you know, if you're looking at boating mortality and habitat loss, um, pollution, those kind of things, um, those threats are increasing. So their future is still really uncertain, um, you know, only because we have, we counted 6,000 manatees um, you know, in, in 2018, we had over 800 manatees die in a single year. So suddenly looking at 6,000 is probably not that high of a number compared mm -hmm. to, you know, how slowly they reproduce. Um, so the numbers have grown, but the future is still, it's uncertain, especially mm -hmm. with loss of warm water habitat and increasing boater, um, boating fatalities. Um, it's really hard to predict where it's going. So we hope it's increasing, but you know, they, they still face a lot of problems that need to be addressed. Um, you talked about they reproduce really slowly, and that's that's one of the problems. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I don't think you answered this question in particular. Curry with $50, SMK with $20. Wow. Thank you guys so much. Um, Fisk asked, how many calves does a manatee have throughout its lifetime? That is a tough question to answer. So, um, so let's say they start reproducing around the age of five. Um, they may have a calf about every two to three years, um, and then it just really depends how old they can get. So um, manatees, the oldest manatee on record that we've ever had was 69 years old, and even he died of human-related causes and not natural causes. So we know they can get pretty old. Um, we don't exactly know um, what age they stopped reproducing at. We do have a female at Blue Spring that we first saw in the early 1970s, and she hasn't brought in any calves recently. So we think she may be, you know, past the age where she's able to reproduce. Mm -hmm. But we have some entities at Blue Spring, I think, that have had between 14 and 16 calves um, wow. already. So, you know, if they live a long life and they have a calf about every two to three years, they can they can have quite a few. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. cool. Um, Sup asked, uh, are manatees only in Florida? Where do they migrate if they migrate? Yeah, so they are primarily in Florida, but we also see them in surrounding states. They go to like Alabama, Mississippi, sometimes they even go as far west as Texas. Um, we also have manatees um, during the summertime in Georgia and the Carolinas. And then we do have some manatees that are really adventurous and they're going all the way up to Virginia, Maryland, or we even had one that went up to Massachusetts. Wow. Um, now that's pretty rare. Those are just like a couple of stragglers that go up there, um, which is fine in the summertime, but in the wintertime, it gets way too cold for them. So they have to all come back to Florida. And we always have a few um, that don't get that. And then they have to be rescued out of 
states like rhode island massachusetts maryland or wherever they ended up going yeah um but primarily in florida but we do see quite a few that migrate to like the surrounding states okay um, we had one um that crossed over to the bahamas actually um oh, wow. we know that there are um, a few manatees in the Bahamas, but we'd never um, documented a manatee actually making a crossing from the Bahamas to, um, to Florida, sorry, from Florida to the Bahamas. So do you think that you're seeing them migrate to different places? Lucas asked if global warming is affecting manatees, and I guess yes. I'm asking about their migration in particular. It could, I mean, that could be one reason, um, is that, you know, you know, it does stay warmer, the water is warm, they may be migrating areas that they previously haven't checked out. Um, food sources are a really big problem. Um, we did have a lot of seagrass die off in certain parts of Florida, which made manatees migrate um, further north into other parts of Florida. So um, that can definitely be um, one of the things that drives them, you know, to, um, to, to seek out other areas. Um, now, global warming in general can affect manatees in many different ways. So a lot of people think it's a really good thing for manatees because, you know, warmer waters. Um, that is a good thing for manatees, but there's just a lot of um, thing, other things coming with global warming, such as salinity changes in the water, which can affect the vegetation that grows in certain areas, or um, stronger hurricanes, which can affect manatees. So there's a whole... Um, big variety of problems um, associated with global warming that could potentially affect them. Okay. Um, again, guys, I, I've seen a couple people at me with questions. At Saito, if you have questions. Um, so when it comes to their migration, Space asked uh, if they travel with their families or groups, pods, herds. Yeah, um, good question. So manatees are actually pretty solitary animals They don't form like long lasting bonds, um, such as a herd or a pod, you know, like you would think dolphins or whales do. Um, the, the only really strong bond is between the mother and her calf and okay. they'll stay together for, you know, a year or two until the calf is weaned and goes off on its own. Um, but manatees don't have a family structure. So you may see them in loose groups. Um, they may come together for feeding or warm water habitat or for mating, um, but there's no herd or um, family structure as such, no. Okay. Um, rarely asked, uh, speaking of family structure, if uh, they tend to mate with one partner or how, how the mating works with manatees. Yeah, so that's actually, it's quite interesting. Um, so manatees form what we call a mating herd, um, which you usually see in the spring or the summertime. So you have one um, receptive female and she is surrounded by um, a whole big group of males. Uh, can be anywhere between five to 20 animals at once. Um, and that will usually go on for a couple of hours, even days where the group of males will travel with that female and then the female will mate with um, potentially more than one of those males. And then after that, the males will go off and seek out another female. And the uh, female will um, then go off on her own and she'll have the calf and raise the calf um, on her own. So there's no, um, the males are not involved in, um, in raising the calves. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, we get a lot of concerned calls from people in the spring and summertime who think they see a whole bigger group of manatees in distress and it's actually a mating herd um, in really shallow water which oftentimes they seek out like shallow coastal areas or such um, and apparently last year there was a big traffic jam on a bridge in Tampa because everyone stopped to watch the uh, mating herd of manatees going on like in the water under that bridge so 
interesting. Right. That is interesting. Um, but they look distressed. Yeah, God, that's that's funny. Um, so, um, Chris asked, "What are the positive?" Well, let's focus on the pot. Yeah, what are the positive effects that come from manatee populations increasing? Why do we want to conserve manatees? Yeah, so I mean, manatees are just—I mean—they're really um, important species for Florida. You know, they're Florida state mammals, so a lot of people, you know, see them, that. which is, you know, yeah, um, which is, you know, one cool. I mean, Florida, you know, is a huge tourism state, so yeah. we get a lot of, you know, our our revenue in Florida is from tourism. So manatees are obviously important for tourism and people who come here to see them. Um, they're also sort of an umbrella species. A lot of habitat um, is protected because of manatees. But there's so many other animals that depend on that same habitat. So just as one example, um, mangroves, for example, um, yeah. they may be protecting a mangrove habitat because there's manatees living in that area. Now, it's also um, a nursery for fish. So, you know, people that like fishing, um, the habitat for those fish or little, you know, shrimp, crustaceans, all those kind of little things um, are protected in that area as well, just because it's protected for the manatee. Um, you know, I mean, fishing and boating is a big thing in Florida. So, you know, if we conserve the fish population, you know, that's another big thing for revenue. Um, and then just because they're really big, you know, charismatic animal, they have been in Florida for um, over 45 million years. That's where their ancestors came from. So um, I think that's just one thing why, you know, we should be conserving them just because they're so such an integral part um, of Florida. Yeah. Okay. That was a good question. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. another, I think one more human conflict related question is Loge asked, uh, do microplastics affect manatees, um, or bigger plastics? If, if so, how do the plastics impact them? Yeah. So, I mean, any type of plastic, it could be microplastics. It could also be larger pieces of plastic or anything, uh, really that's in the water. So we had a really, um, sad case about two years ago. Um, it was a manatee um, who we had rescued and then released and he was wearing a satellite check and he was doing really well. I mean, he got it all and within six weeks he was declared um, a success. Um, he was doing really well. And then we actually had to re-rescue him about three months later and he had ingested um, so much plastic and just human debris in those three months that he was out in the wild that he died from that ingestion. He had it, you know, they have very long intestines. So anything that gets stuck in like the stomach or intestines, um, whether that's um, plastics or fishing hooks or any anything that they pick up with the seagrasses um, can potentially kill them if it gets stuck in there and they can't get it out. So um, so it's really like any any sort of item, I mean, I don't want to dwell on the negative, but at the same time, um, there was a study done that studied what they found in manatees. And there was anything from uh, plastic to pieces of cloth to rubber bands um, to fishing hooks, all those kind of things. So oh um, you just have to picture, you know, a manatee um, going through the seagrasses. They don't have very good eyesight. Um, so whatever they can find, um, they're going to pick up. You know, it's like you're blindfolded and you're eating a salad and anything you know, feels and tastes like lettuce and you don't realize until it's too late that you've picked something up that, you know, was not meant to be eaten. So. Standstill just donated another $500. Oh my <laughs> God. Standstill has donated $1,000 today. That is amazing. Wow. Well, so huge thank much. you. 
Okay. Huge thank Dude, you. Wow. Where did you come That's from? Crazy. What the heck? Um, we're at we're at two point one k. Thank you so much. You that guys. is amazing. Wow, the manatees that. say thank you. There you go. She speaks for the manatees. Well, they um, squeak. Thank you. Yeah. Do they squeak? They do. Yes, really? actually, they do. What? Yeah. So I need to find make, a like, video of that. Yeah, I'll have to. Um, I have some uh, like audio files. Um, I probably I can send at some point. They um, so they they make like these really high pitched squeaks. Um, it's almost like a a squeaky door or like a squeaky floorboard. Um, you know, you would think like a two thousand pound animal would make some sort of like big threatening noise or whatnot, but yeah. they just have like these teeny tiny squeaks that they make, and that's how they communicate with each other. Oh my gosh, we're listening to a video right now. Oh good, okay. What on earth? That is so crazy. I didn't know that they made those noises. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of times it's um, communications between the mother and her calf. So um, the calf will make a little more high-pitched squeaks mm -hmm. and the mother will be a bit more yeah, on the low-pitched side. That's, yeah, they're both so. still so high though. That's crazy. They I don't know are, what I expected. Yeah. I I guess I never thought about what noises they make. That was so cool. Um, yeah, I think I asked somebody like, do you think they make grunts or they like moo like a cow? And I got, you know, answers all over the place, but no one thought that they would squeak like a, I don't even know what to compare it to, like a bird like or a, something. Like, yeah, like a bird or a rodent or something. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Really? Okay. This is this one has to be the last human conflict thing, but they asked how uh, the 2010 BP oil spill. Or how do oil have oil spills in general affected manatees? Um, I don't have the exact answer for that, but I can definitely um, say um, it does affect their food sources. You know, if you have an oil spill or any sort of other water pollution, it can affect the seagrasses that they're eating. Um, it right. can also, you know, block out the sunlight, which the seagrasses need to grow. So if you have, you know, no seagrasses and the manatees don't find anything to feed, either way, you know, they're gonna they're gonna die from malnutrition, or they may start eating things um, that they will find which they cannot digest. So we had a lot of manatees that were eating some sort of type of algae um, after a big seagrass die off, and then we had a, a large mortality. Um, event in that area because manatees were suddenly eating things that they couldn't digest. So um, that's definitely a big problem. Any sort of pollution in the water, whether it be from oil or anything else, you know, it does affect water quality and can potentially cause algae blooms, which can also, again, block the seagrasses or in certain cases, you know, be harmful for manatees if they're eating um, things that are covered with certain, you know, toxins. Okay. Thank you for the question. That was a good question. Um, yeah. Another, we have only a few more questions left here. Mm -hmm. um, guys, I'm going to keep it at, at the ones that are already on the doc. Uh, so Rumi asked, I guess this is kind of a kind of a narrow question, but asked if there are manatees in Guinea Springs because um, he oh, always yeah. heard they should be careful and not use heavy boats but because there might be manatees, but he's never seen one. Where is Guinea yeah, Springs? Yeah, so Guinea Springs is up by Gainesville. It's a little further north than Gainesville. Um, I have never seen in there. There could be some in the rivers around there. We do have manatees um, at Silver Spring, um, Blue Spring, Manatee Spring, Fanning Springs. Those are all springs that are in the northern Florida area. We have some in Itchitucknee Springs. 
um, Real Quest, Blue Springs. I don't think that Ginny Springs has any manatees. I've personally um, scuba dived there and snorkeled there. Um, I don't think there's manatees in that area, but I would have to look up, you know, what, what river it's connected to. I think there's definitely manatees in the Suwannee River and like Santa Fe River, like rivers in Northern Florida for sure. Okay. Um, so you do, you scuba dive and you snorkel? Yes. Yeah, cool. I do. That's like one of my big things that I do when I'm not working. That's awesome. Um, the Amazing Pie Man asked if you have any favorite experiences working with manatees or swimming with manatees or anything that you can share. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely there's a lot. I mean, the one time it was really, it was great. I was at the park um, the night before a manatee, a manatee came in and she was really pregnant. She was about, you know, to give birth at any point. And then I was the first person the next morning who was there and saw the tiny little calf. Oh, um, so that cool. was definitely like one of my, you know, favorite experiences. Um, I love experience like when you rescue an animal and then you are there when it's released after rehabilitation. Um, for example, last year we rescued her and was really severely cold stressed at the end of January. And then we released it in June and I just found out that it's actually, it's doing really well and it's down in Miami right now. It migrated down to Miami Aww, for some reason. That's um, so but, cool. you know, that's definitely, those are really the success stories. Um, or like anytime, you know, I do a presentation or any sort of educational activity and I have people come up to me and say, wow, I learned something new today. Like, this is great. Or, hey, I was always feeding manatees. I was always, you know, touching them. And now I know it's not good for them. So I won't do that anymore. Um, you know, that's really rewarding to hear that you can make an impact by, you know, talking to people and telling them about manatees. Yeah, I think you guys have learned a lot today. Also, so hopefully you're, you're happy about that. You guys learned something. I definitely learned things. Um, about them even if you're not in Florida I mean you've learned a lot about their, or where they are you know I'm, you guys have learned a lot about their conservation um, and what you guys are doing you guys are doing such cool stuff uh, to help and protect them that's incredible we're at $2,132.92 in donations so thank you so much um, Willie I hope you're still here a while ago he asked uh, where can they watch your documentary would you mind if I showed the trailer for it? Because we have the trailer. Yeah. Here. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's on YouTube. So if you watch the trailer, I believe um, it's on my YouTube channel. I don't have a whole lot of channel, but there is um, the documentaries there as well. So, um, so yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, let's watch it right now. Um, Jeff tipped $17.08 to even it out. So now it's $2,150. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for doing that. Okay, I'll pull up this documentary um, and I'll let you know when it's over okay cool. okay yes sounds great manatees have roamed our planet for over 15 million years manatee is a great big herbivore just this huge eating machine we have about 5,000 manatees today, but their habitat and their, their very existence is still threatened. Whether or not the threats they face every day and in these large ways are controlled, they're not controlled. Before I started working here, I did most of the things that you're not supposed to do, and it was just ignorance. I didn't know, and that's a lot of the problem. People don't know. Stand still. $50. All over Florida, sick and injured manatees are rescued, rehabilitated, 
and in many cases, successfully released back into the wild. They have that will and urge and want to fight for their life, and so we want to help them. Um, we just had another $50 from Standstill again. Wow. Um, Connor with $5, Amber with $5, uh, and Vincent for $6. Thank you for the kind messages to you guys. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, and Zoya with $5. So $2,220 in donations. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, that's that's awesome. That's amazing. Here's the full documentary link. So the whole thing is on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. I put the full thing on YouTube. So, um, I made this a couple of years ago and it was, you know, it was like my first thing to got me started. Uh Um, and then it, it added a couple of like film festivals and parts of it aired at like local, um, TV stations around here, but it was sort of just an independent project. I just really wanted to sort of get the word out there. So then I decided to put it on YouTube so that whoever wants to watch it, you know, has access to it too. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, guys, Saito so yeah. just linked that um, um, if you're interested in that. So thank you yeah. so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about before we close up here? Um, I don't know. I mean, if anyone has any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. I think I've lot i don't want to bore people either no we've Um, gone over a lot thank you so much yeah but yeah no some really good questions i'm really i'm always happy when people ask questions because it's never a dumb question except for the one that's not asked um so and a lot of people you know come to florida um even if you don't live in florida you may come to vacation or whatever or you may know somebody who comes here so you know you may be able to teach them something you learned about amenities today yeah guys there you go that's awesome um, really, really great questions today, you guys. Thank you so much for yeah. asking them. The system with Saito is working really great for me. Um, hopefully, you guys as well. I'm getting to more questions than I was before. So I think that's good. Um, to those of you who donated, Standstill in particular, thank you so much for your donations today. And everybody else, $2,220.99. Um, that's amazing. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much, you guys. That donation goal just kept increasing. Um, so incredible. And Cora, thank you so much for, for your time today and for answering. I know it's a lot of talking, but I, I appreciate oh, that's, it. That, that's fine. Great. I mean, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. That was awesome. Of course. And Rowdy, Rowdy's finishing everything with $19 and one cent to even it out to $2,240. Brilliant. Wow. That's thank amazing. You. Um, thank you guys thank you again for coming on thank you for sending all those images too they love being able to see pictures and videos um it makes it go a lot a lot smoother so thank you for that and and thank you for everything you do with the manatees that was awesome absolutely okay i'll be in touch then i'll i'll talk to you soon okay great thank you thank you bye-bye thanks everyone Um, Connor said, and then some more, bro, $3. Please call me before you end stream. Tara, call you on stream? Tavian with $7. 
Thank you so much. Twitch is an untapped reservoir for doing good. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? $2,250 and a cent? You guys are insane. What a podcast. Stand still. Where are you? Stand still. With $1,050? Brother, where, like, what the heck? You're incredible. Thank you so much. Big hearts in chat for standstill. Pogs in chat for standstill. And everybody else, you guys, this is, in, this is insane. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for, for all the donations you made. And again, I'll, I'll say it here and I'll say it every podcast. Um, hang on, I can't multitask. I'll say it here and I'll say it every podcast. Even if you don't have the means to donate or you don't donate, that is completely okay. You guys being here and watching and learning about it is so, so incredibly important. And I really, really appreciate you being here for that. It is really important. That is classic number two. Man in black with $9.99 to even it out again. You baited him, Tavian. True! True. That's pretty five heads. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, $2,260. You guys like manatees, huh? What'd you guys think? What'd you think of the podcast? Pretty good. Really good guest. She was awesome. I learned a lot. Um, how important is it to you guys to have media? To have, like, pictures and stuff to show like that? It's good. A lot. Very. It helps. It helps a lot. I don't care. Very. It helps. Okay. I will, uh, I will try to be better about that. Um, I'm getting better at it. Did you guys notice that? I feel like I did a pretty good job. I had it very organized today. I feel like I- oh, man. <laughs> LX. Um. I... <laughs> I was pretty happy with that. And I do think- I think that having pictures is really helpful. Because you guys really fall for the animals that we're talking about. Um, still muted at the beginning. True! I- someday. Someday, speaking of less scuffed, this is the last time that you guys are going to see the podcast like it was today. If everything goes to plan, this is the last day that you guys will see the podcast. Connor with $9.99. Thank you. Um, the last day that you'll see this, the, the podcast, uh, nice, thank you, um, like that, rebrand next week, rebrand next week, um, apparently I have to call Tara, oh, never mind, <laughs> uh, 
the production quality is about to skyrocket. Hearts in chat for Tara. Lochness. Big thanks to Lochness. He's doing insane graphics. Danny for Ah, thank you for thank you for that. Um Danny, YouTube editor, fantastic member of the community. Saito, insane, you guys already know. The research that Saito does. Like, the effort that he puts into the podcast, the question doc, I mean, you know, last podcast, I did it at 11 a.m., like, in, on the East Coast, Berlin, thank you for the eight months, um, and Saito was up at, like, two in the morning and didn't even tell me that he was staying up for the podcast, 3 a.m., I don't, like, didn't even tell me, like, he's insane, um, Insane. He does so much work. Uh, potato is gonna help with with uh, some other stuff. So I just chat for potato and then William for the amazing graphics every week. These the production the production they're so good. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay. Standstill. Thank you for your donations today. Everybody else. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you enjoyed the podcast. I learned so much. This was wonderful. And it makes me so happy. I'm so happy. Thank you. So let's let's do more good today on American Eagle Foundation stream, okay? Sorry that it's uneven. Thank you for two... Thank you for... $2,317.69. I appreciate you guys more than you know. Thank you so much. Okay.